Hey, Paisanos! Welcome to a new episode of Video Game the Movie the Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Maxie. And with us today, we have a guest. Hi, it's me. I'm Zach. You may know me from being Maxie's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this month, we decided to watch the 2005 Doom film. Uh, uh, interesting film. Uh, well, well, for a certain definition of interesting. It, I think it eventually gets interesting, but I feel like it's got a very slow build-up. Uh, it's all build-up. Mm -hmm. There are parts of it in the second half that are good. Yeah. Uh, I did repeatedly think, man, this could have... There's a lot of wasted potential in this film. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, what games have you been playing? Oh god, is that part of this? Yeah, we, yeah. we just talk about what games we were playing, we've been playing lately. Let's see. I just 100%ed, um, Kirby 64. I've been going for the retro achievements oh, hell yeah. in that. Uh, um, let's see, what else? Because there's not much to talk about with Kirby 64. Mm. Uh, what's what's your favorite puzzle? Is it the one where you see the black and brown striped platform and you're like, oh, I need to get bomb rock for that? Or is it the one where you see the yellow and red striped platform and go, ah, I need electric fire for that? Uh, it's actually the one where you see the red and brown rock and think you need fire stone for it, but you actually need ice. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm told there's a puzzle in there where you have to make a pizza out of a square block. Uh, yes, so there is there is a part where uh, the painter girl just like paints a random thing. Uh, one of three things, and you have to recreate that shape on the next screen. Mm -hmm. And there are a few weird puzzles like that. That mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not Kirby to me. Alright. Uh... Um. Here's what I really need to start doing is getting back into uh, Mario sixty four ROM hacks. That's where the real retro achievement points are. Huh. I haven't really looked into, like, Mario 64 ROM hacks. That sounds pretty neat. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Have you been up to anything else? Uh... Oh, gee. The re oh, yeah, Azure Dreams. Have you ever heard of Azure Dreams on PS1? This, this sounds familiar. Is this, like, a JRPG? Yes! Uh, pretty... Yeah, so it's a, it's a dungeon crawler. Oh, it's, like, a roguelike... Yeah. Um, with an added, hey, uh, added town building, like, you come back and build up the town with stuff you bring back from the dungeon. But also, there's, like, seven girlfriends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can have as many as you want, so. Hell yeah. Real poly representation, finally. Thank God. Uh, let's see. Uh. Except I only like one of the girls, so it's only me and Fur. Mm -hmm. Uh. See, I have been so I've been up to two things. Uh, uh, number one, uh, earlier this, I can't. I think it was at 
earlier this month, or like, yeah, earlier this month, I played through, uh, the Klonoa Phantom Reverie series. Uh, good games. Uh, Klonoa 1, very good, has a weird difficulty spike in, at the end. Uh, also, a little janky as far as sports go, but probably better than the Wii version. Uh, Klonoa 2, really, really good. Uh, I think I enjoyed that one more thoroughly. There is a lot of sections where you're like on a, on a hoverboard, and I know it's entirely because it's from a post Tony Hawk world. Uh, let's see. Great, uh, storytelling, great aesthetics. Uh, very, very happy to see, uh, my beloved Cabot boy go through, uh, another, go through his, uh, emotionally devastating adventures. Uh, I really dodged a bullet with not playing Klonoa at an impressionable age. Yeah, you might have become some kind of furry. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a specific kind of Klonoa furry. I, I think I know what you mean. Um... Hmm. I I fully do not. I'm. I feel like I've missed the boat on something. Uh. I mean. Hmm. Well, anyways. Um. It's impossible to explain. You either get it or you don't. Hmm. I guess you're not a real one, Maxie. <laughs> I suppose not. Um. Uh. I will say. Uh. The other thing I've been playing is. Oh. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, as always, uh, beat Stormblood, uh, doing the Omega Raids, they're good. Uh, tonight I did, I did not know that the Omega Raids are just like, you get to fight bosses from like earlier Final Fantasy games. And one of them was the train from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, uh, there's, anyways, uh, I, the other thing I, I've been playing a lot lately is, uh, very heavily modded Fallout 4. I've got like 90 mods on here. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I have a friend of mine who, uh, every once in a while will just drop a Nexus mod link because they, uh, they play a lot of modded Far, uh, Fallout 4. Mm. And there are some, there are some mods out yeah. there. Yeah. There's, there's some high cons. So like, yeah. so like you got, uh, what do you got? You got clean faces? Nah, I, I, I've got, I've got some good ones. Uh, I, uh, I've got two, I've got some 40k ones that turn the super mutants into orcs, the Brotherhood of Steel into space marines. Uh, I've got Sim Settlements 2, which is this like really huge mod that completely like revamps the, uh, the uh, settlement building system. Like you can do the stuff in vanilla. But now you can do, like, this other stuff that, like, is much more uh, streamlined. Like, you get to build, like, little specific plots, sort of like in a, in a like, sim game, uh, that are, like, dedicated, like, residential, business, uh, uh, farming, uh, eh. What is the business district like in Fallout? Uh, it's mostly vendors. Uh, you get, like, uh... You get your doctor, you got your general trader, you've got guns, ammo, uh, armor. Uh, 
I guys in suits talking in the car phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've you've got a guy yelling at you not to cut back on funding. You'll regret it. Uh, uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, what am I thinking? Uh, the one really big thing I did not really expect out of it is it's got a whole ass second campaign in this mod. Uh, oh. And you get to, like, do all these quests where you meet, like, a, and a new original character who has, like, some, le- who you can, like, recruit. You'll, they, like, give you their backstory. They give you a little quest to go on. Uh, and when you finish it, they, like, join your settlements. Uh, it's fun. Uh, uh, there's, uh, one that I ran into is, like, this ghoul who, like, wears a spacesuit and paints himself a different shade of green so he can, like, scare raiders into thinking he's an alien. Uh, there's... Fallout 4 needed more characters that were fun. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh... So, yeah, uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, Maxi, how about you? Hold on. One more oh, thing yeah? is I can't believe I brought up the thing about Klonoa dodging a bullet with not playing Klonoa because I just remembered the other game I've been playing mm-hmm. the past couple weeks, mm-hmm. which is a game that I did play as a kid, uh, Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, oh, classic. Yes. Yeah, now, they, that's a game. They tried to convince me that the Knuckles stages are good. And then I watched them spend twelve minutes on a stage before getting frustrated and. I kept to getting play lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the knuckles stages are shit. And the whole time you get to hear hundred percent rap about ghosts and pumpkins. It's really only the last few knuckles stages where it's interior areas that are basically mazes. Mm-hmm. But the first few of those levels are more open. You can fly around. Yeah, I. Honestly, I'd say the big problem with the knuckle stages is they tend to be a little too big. Uh, I, I, I do love Sonic Adventure 2. It's got a lot of problems, but it's also, uh, the most video game of all time. Uh, uh, I mean, you know I've been in the Chow Garden. Mm. Oh, absolutely. That, that is, it's, that's probably one of the best parts of the game. Um, Which, but one last shout out to Retro Achievements, mm. because they really do make it so that, like, I'm kind of replaying a lot of games that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And and Retro Achievements has now gotten to the point where it's systems that I grew up with that are getting <laughs> Retro Achievements now. So, like, you know, Dreamcast has support now, which is why I was playing Sonic Adventure 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really, really excited because this month they uh, announced that um, they're putting together achievement sets for PlayStation 2 games. Oh, thank... Oh, hell yeah. Uh, hmm. Uh... And there will be a few sets when, when the full... Support comes out, including Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud 2. Now, so. those are some fucking video games. Uh, classics. Mm-hmm. True classics. Anyway, Maxie, Maxie, what have you been playing other than Trimps? <sighs> Not much. July's been kind of like a dry month for me. I've been, you know, fooling around with a couple things. I've been playing this game Necrosmith, where, like, you assemble undead and send them out around a map, and it's kind of run-based. I don't know if there's much to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all right. Tell me, tell me about the Sekibanki game. 
yes, so I've also been playing a game called Kubanashi Recollection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Toho fan game, a uh, puzzle platformer. Pretty good. Pretty. Le- it's got like some depth to it. Um, the core mechanic is that you're playing as a type of yokai who can... Uh, detach her head and like summon copies of her head. Oh, that's uh, so, that's good. So you use those as trampolines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at this game. I is this a character from the games proper? Or are they from the manga? Uh, uh, they're from Toho 14 Double Dealing Character, the best Toho. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm so proud of her that she has Toho opinions. Yeah, I used to be really into Toho when I was in high school. Uh, but I think for whatever reason, I just didn't think about it for a while outside of, like, occasionally reminiscing. Uh, well, you could always get back into it. The games are good. I should. They are good. I really need to read the Toho manga. Uh, let's see. What else was it gonna... Oh, right. Um, hmm. No, I don't know what I was gonna say. Okay, so, uh... The, uh, let's get into this movie. Uh, Doom 2000. Oh, do we have to? Oh boy. Uh. So, so, before we talk, so this is Doom. It came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. It is important to note, this movie is based on the most recent Doom game at the time. Oh, very it's much not, so. Not Doom 1 or Doom 2, which I think are sort of the iconic ones. Um... This was Doom 3, which came out in 2004. Uh, kind of a different direction for the series. Kind of controversial, is my understanding. Yeah. Uh, and basically killed the franchise stone dead for ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of pe- Led to a lot of people installing mods, because you could only hold the flashlight or the gun at once. Uh, let, let me tell you... Doom 3 is a very dark game, mm-hmm. and in that respect, this is an astonishingly faithful adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they didn't go far enough. So, like, honestly, one of the best things about Doom 3 is, like, the harsh lighting that that game uses. Mm-hmm. And I think, and this movie is very dark, but it doesn't have like harsh lighting it doesn't have like very sharp shadows there's no contrast it's just drenched yeah everything's just kind of money or or green or any number of colored quake 2 lighting Mm -hmm. um but i i wish they they went went a little more stylistic with it in in a way that i honestly think the game does a pretty good job with being Mm -hmm. kind of more visually stylistic than people give it credit for but this this movie's just kind of muddy and bad to look at and you can't tell what's going on mm-hmm. in any of the action scenes uh yeah yeah uh so we get a little bit of like uh pro or a little bit of a intro narration dialogue thing where they talk about how uh in 2026 uh mark your calendars uh, they find a portal to Mars in the, uh, Nevada desert. Uh, uh, they set up a research base, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, so, 
Uh, we get to see this research base, uh, and a whole bunch, some pe- some scientists are being chased around, uh, by, by, uh, are being chased by a, mis- by unknown scary things. This something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's got a weird hand. Oh. That's all you need yeah. to know. I forgot to note, uh, one fun thing, uh, this is one of those universal movies where they do something fun with the logo. Uh, oh yeah! Instead of the Earth, they go, they have it uh, over Mars. Yeah. My favorite part was how underneath the Universal logo, uh, it points you to. I don't know if it was just the rip I was watching, but it does say www.universalpictures.com because this was back when the web web 2.0 presence was really popping off, and people really needed you to know about their website. Oh, I didn't know Universal Pictures had a website. I'm going to look into that later. I I am looking, and this website does still exist. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're not going to let the Well, Universal collapse. still exists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about... So, one time on Pot of Greed, uh, we watched Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie, and that also does a thing like that, uh, where it's, like, for a Yu-Gi-Oh! website, and uh, we put it in, it redirected to this, like, official Yu-Gi-Oh! website where they have, like, the episodes up. And that's what we... That's what I personally use to watch the show for, from now on. Uh, uh-huh. That that was a fun discovery. Um, anyways. Uh, so, they're getting grabbed by the ghoulies. Uh, uh, yeah, w- one of the scientists, Dr. Carmack, which, you know, that's, that's a cute detail. I'll th- allow it. They should, they should have gotten John Carmack to play this character. I, they- <laughs> I, it would have been, ex- it would have been exactly like, uh, Stephen King and Creepshow. No, no, no. They, it would have been. They should have, uh, they should have d- gone with John Romero, because then when he turns into a zombie, he could say, to finish this movie, you must kill me, Dr. Romero. <laughs> yeah, they, they have to reverse the dialogue, and you gotta go back and watch the movie again. Uh, oh, God. I mean, it would have been nice for this movie to have a compelling villain like that, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it, uh, it just sort of gets a villain by sort of default by elimination uh listen we'll get to it Uh, for now dr carmack seals himself in the genetics lab he is like frantically spouting some techno babble and sending out a distress call we gotta implement quarantine procedure uh doors get busted open by the monster the movie has already lost me at this point because Mm -hmm. one no chance to build atmosphere it's just right into some not very compelling horror, mm-hmm. uh, and two, too fucking dark. Already too fucking dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, isn't this supposed to be the place while it is mostly still operational? Yeah. Are these people going about their day-to-day work in the dark like this? Yeah, it's- here's the thing. We, we later see that the base does have, like, windows. So it's like, I don't know, man, just open the shutters. Yeah, I. it's also like... Yeah, this is like one section of a larger facility. Uh, this is, they just made that one dark. Uh, they demanded mood lighting for their unethical science. Uh, uh, so. Now hold on, I've been told it's just an archaeological dig. Right. Er, yeah, Nothing I'm untoward. confused. 
I feel like I couldn't really keep track of it. Like, there's the UAC facility on Earth. There's the one on Mars. And I can't really tell if, like, there's supposed to be two different things. And then there's this thing called the Ark, which they don't really elaborate on, but I think it's, like, some sort of, like, bigger ship or something. So oh, wait. My wait, most of this movie... Does most of this movie take place at the UAC base or on the Ark? Okay, no, 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 no. My understanding was there's the UAC facility on Earth, but that's basically just to maintain the Ark, which is the weird teleporter thing. Right. And then most of it is the, at the Old Divi facility, which is on Mars. Right, right. That, that, I understand that. Man, I can't wait, I can't wait to talk about the weird teleporter. Oh boy. I hate it so much. <laughs> the teleporter's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get, we get like a little title sequence after that. Uh, and then we cut to a Marine Corps special ops base in California. Uh, and we see Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Sarge. He, uh, he, he is not being very charismatic right now, but like he gets into a group later. He's one of the better parts uh, of this movie, yes. all things considered. He's, yeah, this was during The Rock's, like, family movie slump. I don't know if you guys remember movies like, uh, like, The Tooth Fairy or uh, whatever it was. The Pacifier. Uh. That was Vin Diesel. Fuck. I always get them mixed up. Uh, uh, let me think. I mean, think. listen, both of their careers are now reliant on the same franchise, so mm-hmm. it's an easy mistake. Yes. Uh. Um. There was there was uh, a movie where he was like uh, a children's football coach, like that. That's the kind of thing The Rock was doing at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this was at a step least up this is him. more, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, um, I, I, at least he can say fuck in this yeah. one. I'll I'll say this much. Once I figured out that this is like an adaptation of Doom Three, I think this made more sense to me. But like, my inclination when I was assuming it would be more of a Doom 1 or Doom 2 vibe, was it felt like the wrong tone to me, because I feel like so much of the series is about this one Marine is in the wrong place at the wrong time, and now he has to fight solo against insurmountable odds. The fun part about Doom is the part where you are, like, the hyper-competent one Mm. going around. No one here is competent or prepared. No, here's the problem. It's alien. And we don't want... Yes, no, Doom this... is not alien. Doom is aliens. Yes, and exactly. And specifically the part at the end where Ridley is going apeshit. Or Ripley, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, like, that's kind of my main problem with this movie is that it wants to be alien so bad. Mm-hmm. It, it is desperate to be alien. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's going for a horror movie thing. We have to get introduced to our... Altogether too many characters, mm-hmm. um, and because it's a horror movie and almost none of them are going to get real development, we just get a montage where each of them does one establishing thing. Uh, there's a guy who's playing on his game and watch. I think that's Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a man- so I just want to ask a quick question: How often in these movies, in these video game movies, is there a scene where someone is playing? the title video game not often not enough really i feel like that should happen all the time mm-hmm. i was surprised he wasn't playing doom when they cut yeah to or, or at least turbo turkey turbo turkey puncher 3 uh yeah he should be playing supernova's ark 
the closest thing I can think of is at the end of Super Mario Brothers when, you know, it's got the stinger scene, which implies that they're going to invent Super Mario Brothers, the video game, or whatever. Yeah. Aren't they playing Hitman in one of the Hitman? Oh, yes, they are playing Hitman in Hitman. Uh, you, 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 he, like, passes by these two, like, guys in a hotel room playing, I, I think it was whatever what would have been the most... It recent. must have been Absolution. Yeah, I... Well, no, if it was the first Hitman movie, it could have been Blood Money. Yeah, I think I it think. might have been Blood Money, maybe two. Uh, there's... The, yeah, they should do it. Yeah, maybe we'll find more more of it in the future, but surprisingly rare occurrence so far. Uh, I think it would have been really good if in Alone in the Dark we had seen Edward Carnby <laughs> playing the original Alone in the Dark. It's just like, you see this awful polygon mass just... Mm-hmm bumbling around and he reads the wrong book and then he dies yeah uh, uh so, so yeah there, there's a guy playing on like a game and watch i think that's duke uh there's a man in in aloha shirt portman uh who is the most disgusting he- pervert imaginable yep uh, uh there's a man who the only characterization we really get from him is that he's like catholic yeah i i don't even remember what his name was uh his Let's see, I've got the names written down here. I think he's Goat. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I, oh, I, remember... I, I, I was convinced I was hearing it wrong when <laughs> yeah, they were no. rattling off everyone's names, and his was Goat. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a couple guys are playing baseball indoors for some reason. Anyway, uh, they're all expecting to go on leave. They shoot the shit about what they're planning to do with their time off. Uh, Portman says he's going to lock himself in a hotel room with a bottle of tequila and three she-boys. So, I'm glad there are still chasers in the year 2046. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've... So, unfortunately for them, leave is cancelled. They have to go to Old Divai. Uh, I th- Oh, we gotta be in a movie. <laughs> they gotta go... They gotta go shoot demons. Well... And and one of them is like, Olduvai, oh, I suppose I should get ready to shoot demons. And The Rock is like, I, no, John, your backstory is up there. I would have loved it if someone shot a demon in this movie. I don't think there are there, any. Yeah, there are no. shitty zombies. Yeah. yeah and, uh, well, there is, there is exactly one pinky. Mm-hmm. and that, But that's also just kind of a shitty zombie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, hmm... So they like go in their like helicopter or whatever to be deployed. Uh they all get their guns and we get their nicknames. Uh Destroyer. Mac. Which it doesn't Yeah, yeah rattle them off. Rattle them off. Destroyer. Mac. Portman. Goat. The Kid. Duke. And Sarge and Reaper. Uh I, I feel like they needed to either dedicate more time to introducing these guys or just, like, dispense with it entirely and sh- skip the bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it feels so half-assed to me. Yeah. Uh, but, like, uh, these these nicknames, they don't seem like they even know what they're gonna get before they get them. The kid gets his, and he's like, the kid? Which implies to me that, like... They don't choose these nicknames 
Or, like, I don't know how they're giving out. Was Sarge always Sarge? Did Sarge have to be the kid? Well, I'm assuming Sarge wasn't always a sergeant. Hmm. I, but his nickname was always Sarge. I like. I, I think. I think you're the kid until you earn a better nickname. I. My assumption. All sucks for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my yeah. assumption is, uh, maybe the kid did set a different name, but uh, maybe they're calling him the kid as like a hazing ritual. Hmm. I really need the the uh, world building Bible to this movie. I'm sure they made yes, one. The Doom Bible. Uh. Uh. I bet there's 80 pages describing how the hell this transporter works. At least three, uh, novelizations. Uh, uh, so, uh, we, we get, we learn more about, uh, we learn a little bit more about John's backstory. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, he's, there's someone he, he knows who's, like, still up there. I think, like, up until a certain point, it sounds like it's, like, his ex-wife or something, but no. Yeah, no, it, it turns out it's his sister. Yeah. Um, John says, uh, I guess you gotta face your demons sometime, and uh, it's it's really funny, because they're going to fight, like, actual literal demons, except they aren't! They aren't! Because uh, they're just shitty zombies! Yeah. Have you noticed they say game a lot in this movie? Mm, no. It's game time. Get your game face on. Well, when they say get it's your game, game over. face on, it should just like it should just superimpose <laughs> the rock mugging in the bottom of the screen. Yeah, it it should have like it it should have like a HUD with him just looking back and forth. Uh so when he when he picks up the BFG, he gets a sinister grin. Mhm. Uh so they go to the middle of the desert where there's a secret elevator into this facility. The lamest entrance to a secret base ever, by the way. It just looks like a parking garage elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know what sticks out to me about this? Like, going over my notes? Um, so when they get there, they're greeted by a guy who even makes sure to introduce himself by name, Sanford Crosby. Uh, he's a UAC public relations representative, and he will never show up again. He never shows up! There's no reason for this man to be here or describe himself. Like, I I don't want to, like, go to the TV tropes well, but they, there is an idea that TV tropes puts forth, uh, the law of conservation of detail, which is basically, don't fucking waste time on shit that doesn't matter! Mm-hmm. Uh, what, why is this I think that's here? just Chekhov's rule. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chekhov's is part of it, but you know, you can just have pointless characters. For example, I'd argue that half the Marine squad is pointless. Well, like, I thought this guy was gonna be, like, more involved in a, like, showing off how, like, you know, corporate sleazy the UAC is. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe in a- But you don't really, you don't really get a lot of that. Yeah. And... Most of the UAC personnel are indisposed for, like, 75% of the movie, so it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. I feel like maybe he was more of a villain in an earlier draft of the film. Uh, maybe something like, uh, maybe something like the corporate guy from Alien, since this, like we said, wants to be Alien. Uh, uh, so... Or at least give me, like, five seconds of him getting jumped by a zombie yeah. later. Yeah. 
But we got too many characters to churn through. We don't have time for any extras. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we are introduced to the Ark. It is a big, weird CG liquid bubble. Uh, uh it, it's like liquid mercury, yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of like eats them. Mm-hmm. You, it, it like, you go to it, it consumes you, you end up on Mars. Uh, and, and you vomit visibly on screen, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's just so overwrought. Yeah. They uh, really wanted this transportation tech to be like, if not important, then at least impressive. Uh-huh. But it's not. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I don't know another word than cringe. Well, how do you feel about They the They want to play it like... They want to play it like it's, like, you know, grimly realistic, right? Like, you know, shit can go wrong. Mm. But it looks so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, like, I feel like you could have made it, like... Like, the bubble itself isn't a bad idea, but I feel like they could have presented it in a way that just makes it feel just a little bit more weird and alien, and I think that would have made it more interesting. Uh, yeah, it, especially because like it doesn't seem to vibe with the rest of yeah. the UAC's like technological aesthetic. Yeah, it's they found out if it just feels out of place. Yeah, like they found a fucked up orb in the desert. Uh, uh, also, uh, we establish sometimes if you go in, uh, only part of you will come out, as with. Yeah, uh, we- as as with Marcus Pinky Pinzarowski, um, uh, he's got like this futuristic wheelchair thing uh, because he lost his legs and ass in a teleporter accident, which we see in the world's shortest flashback. Yeah, and I don't. Know and the world's most CG legs. All <laughs> the limbs in this movie look really funny. Have you noticed? Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know why they included this scene. It's like the only real flashback in the movie. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the image was fine, just like in my imagination. Yeah, I I mean, I like, I guess they wanted to like set up for like, they wanted to like show, they wanted to show gore because this is Doom. And we get gore later, but not enough. Uh-huh. I thought they were setting up like, oh, maybe they're gonna telefrag someone yes, later. Yeah, and I was like, convinced. In the fight later that ends with sending somebody through a teleporter. And yeah, that seems like it would have been a good idea. Th- it seems like they should have telefragged him. That's what they do at the end of Quake. Uh, but they, anyways, um, so so now the movie now here is where the movie comes to a complete halt Mm -hmm. okay because now we meet john's sister who needs to uh has an additional uh mission task for the team which is to retrieve like certain like a genetic data and shit that the uac still has on file in the quarantine zone i've marked the location on your map Mm -hmm. yeah secondary objective that would have been great because then we would have saved 40 minutes of movie of people just slowly walking around dark corridors asking a guy sir you are are you okay sir and then he turns around and he's not okay yeah yeah that happens too much um because everyone splits up 
we get everyone's little like parties uh like experiencing something for the first time mm-hmm. but we see all three of them do it uh, yeah yeah uh, or kind of see cuz it's still really dark yeah also like during this time we get a we get at least three different like fake out jump scares uh there's like yeah no this this sh- this movie fucking loves that shit yeah there's like some animals and animal testing there's like uh a a fucking uh tube that gets loose uh there's a third one i i think there's like a dog a a, a different time than the others yeah, no, the, the, we'll get to the dog. Yeah. I made special note of the dog. Right. Uh, my, my personal... This, this... Sorry, go on. This movie is actually accurate to the games, because this part of the movie really feels like when you're playing Doom and you don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, kn- I know there's a red key card somewhere around here. Yeah, isn't there a secret around here? Don't I have to, like, go up against one of these walls? Oh, or maybe maybe oh, it's this one? Where is it? Uh... Uh, my personal favorite part of like this and, especially slow early section is um so they they leave one marine with Pinky to basically guard the entrance to the old Dubai facility uh and the marine they leave is Mac who's this uh, Japanese man mm-hmm. uh and Pinky making conversations like oh you don't look like a Mac and he says oh well my full name is Katsuhiku Kumanosuke Takahashi and Pinky's all Oh, I get it. It's funny because it's 2046 and people are still too racist to learn Asian people's names. Mm-hmm. Why not just call him fucking KK? <laughs> it doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure that's the only line this character gets. Listen, some of these characters are basically useless. Mac is entirely useless. You cut him from the film, I don't think a single thing changes, except that we mm-hmm. don't get funny haha Asian people name. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, staying behind as, like, mission control, which he doesn't really do. Uh, That's basically, like, Pinky is basically doing the work himself. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're going through this, uh, all these, like, labs, uh, uh, weird unethical science. We've got Beating hearts in jars. Uh, I, I do like the imagery in the genetics lab. Yeah. Sometimes this movie has, like, okay imagery. It's just that nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at this point, I do realize that uh, Carl Urban's character is named uh, uh, fucking uh, John Grimm, a.k.a. Reaper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, I didn't realize it was grim. Mm-hmm. With two M's, of course. Okay. Uh, so, uh, oh, also we find, like, this, this, I like this. It's like a weird pit prison cell. Like, in theory, you could climb out of it, but, like, the walls are electrified. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no the, the electrified prison cell is cool. I don't yeah. know why there's a computer down there. I guess it's so you could still do research. Mm-hmm. Um, we... So, so he, here's... There, there is one important plot beat I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's two. One is like a conversation between Samantha and John. We'll get to it because I really want to dissect that conversation. But um, Sarge and one of the Marines, I want to say Destroyer, but I don't really remember or care. Um, they enter a weapons lab and Sarge notices a schematic for the 
Bioforce gun. And I I don't think they should have called it that. I think they should have just listed it as BFG and left it to your imagination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially because he says big fucking gun later. Yes, the, yeah. the true name. Uh, uh, this is also the point at which The Rock starts, like, going into acting overdrive. I think from this point until the end of the movie, there are not two scenes in a row without him, like, bugging his eyes out of his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, just drenched it. Drenched in sweat like someone just used a spray bottle on him. He is kind of doing, like, the Doom Guy UI face thing. We're just like, hmm. Uh. Huh? Uh. I mean, if there's one thing about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the man can pull a face. This is very true. The question is whether he can stop pulling a face. Uh... Well, does he need to? Like, like, does at, at any point does he need to be, like... Subtle? Subdued. I, you know, I guess not. Yeah, uh, he is the best part of the movie. Um, uh, oh, by far. Uh, so, uh, the uh, as they're like doing this stuff, uh, uh, John and uh, his sister, uh, is it? Yeah, Samantha, aka Sam, uh, like are talking about how their parents were researchers here, but then they died. But Samantha went continued uh researching in their stead and uh john went into mercenary work or military or whatever uh Mm -hmm. uh they oh they show us uh the this like thing they dug up which is like us two skeletons one adult one child love the baby skeleton (laughs) (laughs) uh and we learn that this uh skeleton, which they've named Lucy, had mm-hmm. twenty four pairs of chromosomes. Uh huh. And, and you know, listen, I'm not expecting the fucking Doom movie to be perfectly realistic and like biologically plausible, but a twenty fourth chromosome does not make you superhuman. Yes, it's it's not more chromosomes is good because gorillas and chimpanzees have twenty four pairs of chromosomes. Well, that, that, they actually, like, bring that up, though, because then the idea is that they bioengineered this chromosome themselves. Mm-hmm. But then this never comes up again. Yeah. Uh, also, like, they I did a been... really shitty job of it, can I just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... That sounds like someone with the evil gene would say. <laughs> You're just mad that you that it wouldn't work on you. Uh, yeah. You... Uh, it would turn me into a big monster. Sounds like it would work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a great line where she's like, maybe you should try looking down a microscope instead of a sniper scope. Uh, if there's... Damn, got him. And, uh, so eventually, uh, some guys, two of the guys find, uh, Dr. Carmack. He's, like, freaking out. He's holding a severed arm. Hey, uh, I have a question. In the, In this shot where he's, like, all drenched in blood and scared and twitchy... Do you think he kind of had, like, some Jordan Peterson vibes? Well, Jordan Peterson is naturally sweaty and twitchy, so I understand that. Uh, You know, I thought he... bright red, but for different reasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought he kind of looked like the guy... uh, Who's the guy that played... What was it, the 12th Doctor? Uh, Oh, Peter Capaldi. 
Yeah. I thought he had kind of Peter Capaldi vibes, and I always think that guy kind of gives me Jordan Peterson vibes, so I guess he really in a way does, you're right. yeah. I'm looking at him. So, yeah, this guy... So, unfortunately, he's too freaked out to, like, tell us about moralists or uh, eating raw meat. Though not entirely. But he had, yeah, he has some raw meat on hand. He does have raw meat, and he does tear off his own ear. Uh... For some well, reason. you know, that's the appetizer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, they, like, bring him in, they're, like, checking him, they're, like, doing medical stuff on him. Uh, uh, oh, this, here's something that happens during this bit. Uh, Port, the kid asks Portman for, like, space drugs. He gets like two little green lime green. Yeah, skittles. he gets. P- Portman po- gives him some Addy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, that that's good. It's like the only the only like nice thing Portman does in the movie that makes him like slightly endearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the bit where uh the Catholic guy just drops a can down some stairs. Uh, mm-hmm. says, God damn it, and then starts carving a cross into his arm as penance. Yes. Uh, what the fuck is, what, the, what is this about? The, this guy like, is a, fr- Chris, Christians be like. I don't think they do. Listen, I, ha- I have a lot of thoughts about Christians. I don't think they be like this. Uh, they, give it five years. They should have like, or 25 years. I feel like they could have done, like, some more, they could have used that for, like, some, for him to do some more unhinged shit, but it's just this one thing. I feel like early on, yeah. well, early on in, like, the writing in this movie, I feel like someone was like, Doom is about demons, right? What if we had a religious guy? Mm -hmm. Uh, He should have, like... And that slowly got diminished more and more until we have this vestigial character, much like several of the other vestigial characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, uh, some other stuff that happens, uh, uh, we, they run into a hotted- Portman and the kid! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and the kid, Portman and the kid run into a hotted naked woman- uh, hey, with boobies. Hey, oh yeah, one for the gamers. They showed Nip. Hey, I have a question. Yeah? Given what we learn about, like, how the virus spreads, and that this is distinctly not, like, a bathroom or, like, shower room or anything, why is she naked? Uh. She's crazy. She, damn. She, she, is, that, is that why she wrote Suffer on the Wall in Blood? Well, you know, uh... There hasn't been enough time for skeletons to form, so they needed some way to establish environmental st- storytelling. Uh, of, of course, it's it's either wall graffiti or little tape recorders with uh, yeah. steadily steadily degenerating like uh, environmental daily logs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she just went tits out all the time. She was. Uh, uh, I mean, was fuck it. It's twenty forty six. That's just her style. Uh, uh, but yeah, she's missing an arm, the one Carmack was holding. Uh, so that puzzle has been solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, this might have been established earlier, but we, we, 
we have like this cordon off area of this uh, lab that you have to go through via a nano wall, which is just a wall made of nanites that uh, you can walk through. Uh, yeah, it's basically a force field. Yeah, it's a force field. It's like a, it's an illusory wall. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, they they're like working on Dr. Carmack. Uh, he's like saying this stuff like, shut it down. It's inside. Uh, yeah, fun fact, um, when the real John Carmack read the screenplay, he was also saying, shut it down, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we, uh, yeah, so we get some more zombie scientists. One of, we get Dr. Olsen, he eats some lab rats. And, and then they shoot him and the scene's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a jump scare with, uh... What I remember, I, I made a note that it was specifically described as a monkey, dot, 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 some kind of monkey, which is, you know, that, that's how dialogue goes sometimes. It's a little mm-hmm. realistic for this movie. Um, There's some, you know, I wouldn't know what kind of monkey it was. Uh, some kind of monkey. Carmack drank from the rank, wrong Holy Grail. There's something in his blood. Uh, his blood no longer registers in the UAC database, so something mm. something's up with his blood, I guess. Yeah, it's making uh, him not human. Uh, there, there's some, there's something else not human, something big in the genetics lab. Yeah. Um, there's a brief firefight with it. The Marines don't manage to kill it. Uh, it flees into the facility's sewer system. They group up. They head in after it. Uh, I stopped watching the movie for two entire days because I'm so bored. Mm. Uh. So, uh, uh, we, we get some more tension. Portman gets pulled in. Portman falls into a hole. Uh, 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 Goat loses power on his flashlight before he gets got. So, Uh, okay. This is the first time, like, one of the Marines gets got. Yeah. Um... Also, before that, John threatens to murder the kid if he takes any more drugs, which, mm-hmm. straight-edge icon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was unusually cop about it. Yeah. Uh, so, this scene where... This is a very cop movie. Yeah. I'll say it. It, it is until it isn't. Mm-hmm. I, I got some thoughts, but we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so... Catholic guy, uh, Goat, gets... He, he ends up in this especially dark part of the sewers, and he sees this pair of impossibly bright eyes uh, looking back at him from the darkness, and it looks like a Courage the Cowardly Dog scene. Uh, because of the way it's, like, composited. Mm-hmm. I'm loving <laughs> um, this visual. Uh, and, and then, like, a bunch more eyes open up, and the creature with all the eyes attacks him. I kind of like it. This yeah. is like an actual scene. Yeah, this um, is something that's actually scary. They uh, don't really lean into the eye motif much, though. I feel right. like we never see this thing's eyes again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it like tackles him, and then its tongue detaches and becomes like a burrowing worm, which goes into Goat's throat. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the throat goat? Yeah, he's the throat goat. Uh, he is now. Uh, so... Keep opening the wrong notes page. Uh, so uh, uh, we uh, get uh, there's this whole thing. Is this when we 
Is this when we learn about the evil gene? I don't think we learn about the evil gene for a while yet. Uh, what the hell happens in the middle of this movie? Uh, uh, so they dra- they drag Goat's body out front into the med bay. They tell all the scientists still in the facility to evacuate to Earth. Uh, they, they try and resuscitate Goat, but he ends up dying. Sarge notices Carmack is gone. Samantha's like, oh, he disappeared off screen, and we didn't feel like having a scene where that happened. Dude, this shit pissed me off so much. Somehow Palpatine disappeared. Yeah. Uh, uh th- th- so yeah, they try and revive Goat. It doesn't work. I swear to God, they splice in the same reaction shot of John twice. Um, oh, I didn't catch it. I, it might be my mind playing tricks on me. Uh, I was looking for something to stimulate me, and like bad production would be like mildly funny. Um, anyway, Sarge shows the monster to Samantha, and she's like, "Oh my god, what is that? I'm I'm so shocked." Yeah. Uh, Her acting isn't that bad. It's not that bad, but it's not that good either. <laughs> it's not that good. Uh, um. They determine that the thing in the genetics lab was a different monster, so they know there's at least two. They decide that they need to completely seal the base off until they've killed everything. Um, they give a gun and some grenades to Pinky, mm-hmm. the totally untrained scientist with a bulky mobility device, because I guess he can handle it. Uh, and they just go off to take care of the other one, which leads to the archaeological dig site. Yeah. I mean, who else is going to be their completely useless mission control that doesn't tell them where things are or where where things would be? Mac? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we get this bit... We get this bit of, like, uh, Duke and uh, S- Sam flirting. Uh, yeah, they're, they're while they're doing an autopsy, honestly... I, I kind of like the banter at first, mm-hmm. and then Samantha straight up says, You know, Duke, I bet you secretly have a big heart. And it's like, yeah, great. Thank you for reading a note from the brainstorming session. Please read the script, <laughs> Samantha. Uh, and then Duke makes funny dick joke. Right. Uh, I forgot the dick joke. I'll... Um, so... It wasn't good. I didn't bother, like, writing down the specifics. It, well, to be fair, Sam also says it wasn't good, so... Uh, so... Like, that was also a post-it note attached to the script. Uh, we've got a bit... We've got a good rock moment where, uh, one of them saying, We need reinforcements, and he looks at them and says, We are the reinforcements. Does not make any Some... goddamn sense. You're the only people they sent. <laughs> Something like 50% of the Rock's lines in this movie are every word punctuated. Oh, yeah. Just when you're, like, role-playing in 2009. Uh, so, uh... And you just saw 300. Uh, so they, they evacuate the UAC personnel. Uh... And, like, the lights are going out, the power is malfunctioning. Uh, we get another fake-out jump scare, and I don't even remember what it was. Uh, uh, it was, was it the one with Duke? Where, yeah. like, Duke gets sent to, like, pick up something, and then... Oh, yeah, he, and he then... goes to find the power bone saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
So Duke runs into Samantha, and that's the fake jump scare. Then we get a second fake jump scare where they're ambushed by the world's angriest puppy. He's he's, he's so small and angry. But he knows what a gun is, because Duke manages to hold it off by threatening it with his gun. Yeah. And Uh, and then a real monster shows up. Yes. uh, Right behind Duke. Uh, He, like, fires at it. He runs out of ammo, has to switch to his pistol. Uh, they take it out by, uh, they, like, he gets into the nano wall and shuts it just in time for the monster to get halfway through. Uh, this is, this is actually kind of cool. This is, I, cool. I like, I like the monster just being, like, yeah. in the wall. Yeah, like, one thing that's very much established throughout this, like, part of the, fi- throughout the film is, like, Duke fucking hates the nano wall. Because you don't fuck with the nano wall, and this is why you don't fuck with the nano wall. Uh, uh, it's like a kid being scared of an escalator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, sometimes I'm still a little scared of escalators. Uh, what, here's the thing. Whenever I have a suitcase, escalators become the scariest thing in the world to me. Because, mm-hmm. like, what if I get on wrong? Of course, yes. You know what's scarier than going on... An escalator with a suitcase is climbing stairs with a suitcase. Well, yeah, especially... I think it depends on, like, how your, you know, how your suitcase is. If you've got stuff outside, like, strapped to it or something. Uh, personally, my biggest fear is just... But in escalator-adjacent spaces, I look down, my glasses are gonna fall off the railing, like, three stories... Uh, so, anyways, Reaper is going through some dark tunnels, and, uh, we're hearing these, like, sounds of children and their parents playing. It, it is an all-voiceover flashback, mm-hmm. and I... Yeah, I I thought for sure it would be like it, we would get a smash cut. He's looking out at the, at the UAC, like, uh, uh building from from uh from a window the only window and in the facility you, yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and and we're getting this like audio of like some kids playing and the, you know it's obviously like you know his parents or whatever and i thought we were gonna get a smash cut to like you know something visual but no we just stare at the scenery mm-hmm. while he has his ptsd flashback yeah. which doesn't actually tell us anything we didn't already know yep yeah, it... uh, I, I, I do like the shot uh, after like it goes back from the Marscape where you just see his that is eyes so being like that's the only thing lit. Yeah, that, so like that harsh lighting is what I wish this movie had more of. Yeah, it, it's evocative. Uh... And then the Rock comes in asking uh, the the thing that you always say to your friend having a PTSD flashback: "Is this where it happened?" Oh boy, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, Sarge. And then, and then John says yes, and then we move on. Mm -hmm. And then that's all you need to know about John's backstory. Uh, Mac gets his head cut off. Uh, Hey, I'm confused. Yeah? Where, where is Mac at this point? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I think he's supposed. He's, he's not. He's not supervising Pinky anymore. Yeah, I, I think he's just going into the base to go shoot demons. 
Uh, well, it doesn't work because it's like the monster just like slaps him and like backhands him and the head just flies off. Yeah. It looks really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, we start getting some real action at this point and boy, I thought this movie was bad when it was trying to be a horror film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, we... Uh, we established, like, one bit of stakes, which is, like, uh, Sarge wants them to blow up the Ark, uh, and, uh, just to make sure the demon doesn't get through, but, like, if they do that, they can't go home. Uh, yeah, Portman doesn't want to get stranded, mm-hmm. uh, Sarge decides to get something with a little bit more kick, so he goes back to the armory, mm-hmm. um, Samantha is continuing her autopsy, and she's like... So, like, real quick, I was actually excited for there to be a little more plot in this movie, because I thought Portman was gonna do... was, like, gonna go rogue a little bit. I mean, he does. Or or at least... Well, he says, I'm gonna go take a shit, and then I thought he was gonna set up to do something else, but no, he just goes and takes a shit. No, no, no. When he's... When he's in the bathroom, he's... Did I miss something? Yeah, he goes to the bathroom so he can, like, send a distress call and ask for reinforcements because he doesn't think they are the reinforcements. Right. Okay. Well, he gets jumped anyway. Yeah, no, he gets... And then Pinky doesn't help because he's an asshole. Yeah, and while he's taking a dump, his, uh... His, uh, partner, uh, Destroyer gets destroyed. Uh... Yeah. Uh, okay, honestly, I'll I'll get to it in a second. Uh, first I want to mention... Samantha is continuing the autopsy. She notices that the monster's appendix has been surgically removed, suggesting it's human. Uh, Then the autopsy is interrupted by Goat, who's come back as a zombie. I don't get this scene. Because he, he like, makes the sign of the cross, and then he goes up to this reinforced plexiglass wall, and I thought he was trying to bust it open... But later, the way they talk about it, it sounds like he was just trying to kill himself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like he's gonna bust through, but actually he just falls over dead. So I guess he has, like, enough retention of his his life to, like, no, oh god, I don't want to turn. I, I don't want to... I, I'm gonna kill myself. I can't be a demon. I like God too much. Mm. Yeah, he he's the mythical guy that, like, fundamentalists are talking about where it's like, well, if you don't believe in God, why wouldn't you just kill everybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the crosses carved into his arm are the only thing keeping the evil gene at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, Des- Destroyer gets ambushed while Portman's in the bathroom. Um, and the monster doesn't kill him. It just sort of like hurls him around a bit and then chucks him into the electrified holding cell. Yeah, uh, the monster swings him back and forth like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, this part actually—I'm not gonna say it rules, but it is a competently choreographed cage fight, and he does improvise a flail out of a chain and a CRT I hate, monitor. This is the part where I actually like realized what the problem was with all of these action scenes. Uh-huh. Is that it, so, like we've said, it wants to be alien really bad, but, like, it doesn't, it can't stand the idea of being cheesy, mm-hmm. even though it is. Yeah. I, I would, like, it, 
Like, the, the part where he's swinging around this TV like it's a flail looks ridiculous. But there's, like, this, like, extremely hard rock backing music that is in all of the action scenes in this movie. Uh, it, it, there are, like, these strobe effects of this harsh lighting. Like, it's, it's making you feel like, uh, you know, this is, uh, a real gritty, high-tension situation. But, I don't know. I, maybe it looked cool, but I, I, the part where he was swinging the TV around like a flail is the part where I decided I hate this movie more than I thought I did. See, this is the part where I was like, okay, maybe this movie's okay. Because it maybe... can't commit. Yes. Um... It, it doesn't know what it has. Well, we, we really see that after Sarge gets the BFG. Because we get, we get, like, a, it's what you'd expect. You know, maybe a little understated, but he enters the armory using the severed arm as the DNA match. He says, big fucking gun in this reverential tone and like just a little bit of butt rock kicks in. Not mm. too much because this is just the appetizer, but just a little bit. Do you think bit. people cheered? I uh, If anybody was still in the theater at this point, yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah, stimulus! Woo! Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, uh, they don't do enough with the big fucking gun. Uh, no, it, it gets used in two scenes, and one of them is Portman has this bit where, like, he hears a noise from the vents, he attempts to reload his gun, he drops the magazine, he's trying to get it all, like, quiet and stealthy, and then he's like, oh, the noise was just a little escaped lab rat, ha ha ha, and then he gets pulled through a wall and gets the shit kicked out of him. Um, that scene's okay. But then, uh, everybody hears him getting his ass kicked, so they run to find him. Uh, Sarge fires the BFG for the first time, and he just misses. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, that's it. it. It melts a huge chunk of wall, and the effect looks decent, but it's just, like, you're just gonna miss? Yeah, they should have kept him. He misses later, too! Yes! Both Nobody hits anything with the BFG! We need to get a fucking get scene. He he should shoot the he should shoot one of the imps. It explodes into a pile of gore, and that would be good. Uh, and he's like, "You wow, you sure had huge guts." Mm-hmm, yes. Uh. So. Uh. Sarge is going little ape shit because four of his men are down. Uh. He still wants to kill all the demons. Uh, uh, he wants answers. Uh, and we get answers, I think? Uh, they're not good answers, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so. Chromosome 24. Uh, they've been testing it on condemned prisoners. Everything went terribly wrong. Uh, we later learn this is because if you have the evil gene, it turns you into a monster. Mm-hmm. And again, I will dig into that when we get to that. Um, We're here. They, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, so, so, okay. There is the line, 10% of the human genome is still unmapped. Some say it's the genetic blueprint for the soul. What the fuck is that supposed? That's such nonsense. <laughs> it's, 
You, you, we don't know the mysteries of the human body, you Maxie. You can't say there's a genetic blueprint for the soul. The entire point of the soul is that it's a metaphysical concept. It's not in your no, DNA. But this, doesn't the soul weigh, like, two pounds or something? Some idiot came up with that, and I hate him for it. I don't know who... Well, if you take 1 24th of all the, the genomes in the body, maybe it's around two pounds. You don't know. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so so here's the thing. Samantha is like, you know, the monsters only seem to go after certain targets. And Lucy, she seemed to be normal. She wasn't attacking her kid. She was protecting it. Um, and she does an experiment with a monster tongue and some brain matter to be like, oh, it chooses who to infect. It targets antisocial and violent behavior. And here is maybe my single biggest problem with the movie. Mm-hmm. Why does it make them zombies, though? That's that's not that's not what a sociopath is. That like nobody here wants to eat people. Uh, why 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 would the evil gene become like the not even the Joker gene? It's just like the Hannibal gene. Mm-hmm. And the, and and like it, when they're acting, it seems like they're largely mindless creatures operating on pure instinct. What does that have to do with the evil gene? Oh, you're finally giving in to the base desires that were always there, that that are absent from some people, I guess. I mean, I will say I do like fighting. Even, e- yeah, but but like, what does like they de- try to describe what it actually means to have the evil gene? But it doesn't make sense. Is it? Are, is it wanting fight, to fight? Is it bloodlust? Is it being just an asshole, mean person? I mean, is there, it... there's one particular one that I'll take exception to. Um, because while, while Samantha's been doing her autopsy and such, uh, Sarge ordered Pinky to blow the teleporter. Uh, there was a monster, like, cutting its way through into the arc room. Uh, Pinky failed to do so. He ran away instead, uh, and that's important. Remember mm. that. That'll come back. Um, Are we supposed to think that Dr. Carmack was actually a, a sinister guy because he mean, got infected very quickly? He was, he was doing, like, experiments on convicts to create the perfect weapon or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. That, yeah, there was that part. You know, that that's pretty... Uh, it's pretty evil. By the way, speaking of Carmack, turns out he's the creature trapped in the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Samantha is all, maybe we can reverse this condition. Maybe we can get him back to normal. And Sarge is like, no, his condition is irreversible. Because his condition <laughs> is that he's dead. <laughs> uh, and at the time, I was like, yeah, it's an okay exchange. But like looking back on it, pretty pretty fun. I like Looking it. back on it, it's the only smart thing anyone in this movie does. Yeah, pretty much. But then Sarge, Sarge just gets like his his villain slider turned up. Yeah, so, so like for the rest of the movie, they, they have all this evil data on the evil genes and the fucked up twenty fourth chromosome, uh, and. John and Samantha are like, we should probably destroy this, right? And Sarge is like, actually, it's fine if we bring it back to the UAC. Because apparently, I only care about following orders. Even though this characterization has not been established in the past 80 minutes of movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so, like, I was trying to figure out what the hell this movie's about, right? So, like, when I was watching it the first time, I was trying to look out for those lines... 
that clearly lay out, like, the philosophy of this movie. And early on, I thought it was going to be the one early on where Sarge looks John dead in the eye while they're at in, like, the going to the facility for the first time and says, if you hesitate, people die. I was like, okay, is that going to be the thesis for the movie here? Mm-hmm. But then several people, like... It, Sarge turns into the villain of this movie. So then I'm thinking, okay, this personal philosophy of his is wrong. Uh, and then we, how, how should I explain this? I'm, I'm really clumsily trying to explain how a theme of a movie works. I but, mean, it's very difficult using this movie as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because that's what I'm trying to say. It ends up being incoherent because. I I think I don't know. I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, that's so, fair. L- l- let me let me use a, an example of a movie with a very clear and fairly well delivered theme. Toy Story three, mm-hmm. like the whole thing is that oh we we're, we're scared of getting abandoned by Andy. We we're, we're never getting this time of our life back. It's you know basically an allegory for childhood or for being an adult and like approaching retirement, depending on how you read it. Uh, and then it's like, oh, well, they're donating us to this uh, this preschool. And it's like, oh, it's it's kind of like the old days, but these kids don't treat us right. Oh, this sucks, actually. Uh, and then, you know, the whole point of the closure of the movie is finding a place where they can go where they're still serving that purpose they want to serve, but for somebody new. They're making a fresh start. You know, that that is a movie that has themes that are established early on they run through the whole thing. It's all about, like, fear of abandonment and trying to maintain a sense of purpose. Right. I mean, you can you can say other things about, like, this movie. Like, oh, it's about how, um... It's your classic dug-too-deep kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, except with technology instead of dwarves mining to find adamantine or whatever. Uh... But it doesn't really get into the motivations at all. Like, yeah, it, it, they they don't get into the motivations of that. They don't get into the implications of what any of this research will actually do or accomplish, or or the idea of any of the scientists behind it, other than it's science. Like, so hey, we have to do it. We can contrast this to uh, Doom twenty sixteen, the mm-hmm. game. I mean, where like. They very explicitly lay out Samuel Hayden's motivations, where he's like, I'm doing this all for Earth. This is all for the greater good. We are extracting this power, and all of this was just unintended collateral damage. And the theme of the game is like, that's bullshit. Pollution is bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember when I was, what I was going to say earlier, which is that like there are several parts in this movie in which hesitating is very obviously the good thing to do because we'll we'll get to this with sarge later i I, I, honestly let's just get to it now because uh this is like sarge going off the deep end here yeah so so after all this they end up warping out to the uac facility on earth it's already been pretty badly ravaged at this point the party is down to duke the kid john samantha and sarge uh, auto lockdown is going to persist for about an hour, no more, no less, um, and they need to get rid of all the infected before then, or else it could, you know, get to the rest of Earth. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of, like, wandering through hallways, double-tapping corpses, blah, 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 uh, and 
John and Samantha are like, Sarge, not everybody is infected. We don't need to kill everybody. And we see Sarge, he finds an unarmed, non-zombified scientist begging him for help. He says, copy that, and then he shoots the scientist. Mm-hmm. So, like, just deliberately ignoring information given to him at this point. I mean, I, I... When the whole point of his character up to this point was that we don't engage until we have information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he is just like, we need to kill all of them. Fuck it. I'm just going to slaughter these. So this is the weird part. Mm-hmm. He ends up framing all of this as ju- just following orders or whatever. Right. What orders? Nobody told him to kill these people. You know, they're... Yeah. The, the following orders is perfectly compliant with being like, okay, that guy's not a zombie. You know, we'll keep in quarantine, but... Yeah, we don't have to kill him. You know what? This is making me think about like the PR guy we see once and never again. And like, I feel like we could get a more coherent understanding if like we had like some UAC or even uh, upper upper brass guy, uh, like some sort of mission control, uh, just like demanding uh, civilian murders or whatever. Sarge is not following orders. Sarge is just freaking the fuck out and murdering people because I don't know. So what I think they're going for, but it doesn't work because it comes completely out of left field, uh, is I think they're going for the idea that The Rock has this darkness in him and he's finally like... His his gene is activated. Yeah, yeah, he he has... He he is now evil gene The Rock. Mm -hmm. Um... And so he's like, well, okay, I guess I'll do a bunch of murder because I can get away with it. Um, he's, now he's Majin Sarge. <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to get Goku to kill him. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it's stupid. Uh, Duke finds Pinky, um, who's like, I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't mean to run. I just got caught off guard. Uh, the kid finds a small group of survivors, which includes some children. Everybody meets back up and it's like blah blah blah. Don't kill them all. The rock blah blah Which, blah. By the by way, any means necessary. The scene where the kid finds this, uh, this like group of survivors might as well. They might as well all have been wearing white with uh, a heavenly beam coming down from the sky <laughs> with choirs singing. Yeah, it, that that was kind of the, the vibe. Yeah, it really is. Um. Uh, so. So anyway, uh, Sarge is going to kill Pinky. Samantha's like, he's not infected. Uh, but before he can kill Pinky, Kid is like, there are survivors in the storeroom. And Sarge's like, I told you to kill everybody. Kill the survivors in the storeroom. Uh, Kid refuses. Sarge shoots him dead. And then we get, like, this little standoff scene, which I actually think works okay. Like, mm-hmm. they, it's reasonably tense. Um, like, ne- Sarge and John are staring at each other. They have their weapons ready, but neither of them is opening fire. Then Pinky, he brings out his dinky little handgun. He's like, drop your weapons. I don't want this shit. I just want to get out of here alive. Uh, And then he gets got by the monster. Right. Uh, With the very cheesy line, oh, there's something behind me, isn't there? I didn't hate it in this context. One, because it was 2005 and wasn't quite as overplayed back then. And two, because it was something... It, it was congruent with the rest of his character. Like, he was, he was kind of the snarky type. Yeah. He, he was the one making quips throughout the movie, mm. so. 
And Portman's dead now, so we we don't have anyone else to uh, to quit. Right, exactly. Except, we, it, really, we don't have anyone else in, in the movie at all, because I'm pretty sure Sarge and John together constitute maybe four-fifths of a personality. <laughs> I mean, there's Duke for about two more seconds before he gets pulled I forgot he was here. Well, oh, but this is, there's the tragic conclusion to the Duke and Samantha romance which got like a scene they had two lines together yeah that's more than most of the characters in this got um hey um just a little fun fact uh the uh the guy who directed this also went on to direct uh uh street fighter chun li street fighter the legend of chun li Uh, holy shit that is so amazing (laughs) so uh Let's see. Um, eventually we get the important thing. Uh, uh, Reaper gets shot. He's very close mm-hmm. to death. Uh, uh, Sarge, like, gets grabbed and he says, I'm not supposed to die. Uh, Samantha injects. That was actually The Rock talking about his contract. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, Samantha is like, I'll, gi- I'll give you the C24, it'll stabilize you and turn you into a super soldier or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I, I don't deserve it. I've done some bad things, which I won't bother to elaborate on. Unelaborated upon war crimes. Uh, you're my brother. I know you. You're a good person. You have the good gene. Uh, and... <laughs> uh, they... Listen, I, I think it would be a stretch to call this movie fascist. But I think it has maybe some, uh... How about some, eugenicists? Yeah, definitely eugenicists. Yeah, eugenicists. Definitely, uh, some assumptions it should maybe reconsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets injected, uh, and he passes out, and then he wakes up in the first we, we, person. We, yeah, yeah, we zoom in on his eye, and then, oh, it's first person now. This... Yeah, time to play House of the Dead. This is no, it it really is just a cross between a bad rail shooter and an okay haunted house. This is the scene people talk about in this movie. When people talk but, about this movie, they talk about this scene. It is, but it's not I don't even think, good. It's it's that's the thing. It's not good. It it's like interesting. There yeah. there is in, one cool visual trick, which is he, early on he looks into a mirror. And, you know, you see his reflection. It's a cool visual trick. I assume it's either a fake mirror or they just did, like, some video editing. Um, well, actually, it's a it's a, a copied model of John on the other side of the mirror. Yeah. That's how they do that. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway, John kills some generic monsters. It goes on for, like, eight minutes straight. And then, oh, it's Pinky. And he's called Pinky. Because he turns into the enemy called a pinky! Yeah. But it, it feels like watching someone else play a game that you don't really care about. He gets yeah. he gets the iconic Doom Chainsaw. Uh, he and barely uses it. Mm-hmm. Does not use it enough. Uh, so I, I, I have a question. We have established that the monsters specifically target people... With, uh, you know, similar sociopathic violent tendencies or whatever for conversion into also being monsters. Mm-hmm. Why is Pinky a yeah. monster? Uh, hmm. He was... I... Maybe he... 
All the only things he's done are run away when faced with a fight that he could not reasonably win, and attempt to de-escalate an armed confrontation. Yeah. What's going? What's going on with Pinky? Why is he a monster? When did he get the evil gene? You know, I I don't know. Maybe he just had a. Maybe he just had the Pinky gene, and that's why he doesn't look like yeah, the other demons. Of course. <laughs> it's just it's, a... It's, it, it's an unrelated... It's an unrelated gene on the same allele, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, John is just, like, saying Sam like Ethan Heavy Rain says Sean at this point. Mm-hmm. Sam! Mario! Sam! Mario? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, anyway, he, he finds her injured but alive, but then their reunion is interrupted by Sarge. He's now an early stage infectee, and he's starting to hulk out, but he's like, uh, oh, okay, I'm going to go for the exit too. Uh, and John raises his gun because he's not going to let him go. He would be breaking quarantine. Uh, there's actually like some... This would have been a great point to go back to the line about hesitating. Yeah, no. Because I got pissed that John didn't just shoot him. He clearly wanted to earlier. You know what? And now he's got even more of a reason to. Yeah, like, the banter... But then the last 15 minutes of this movie is, like, the weirdest machismo bullshit. I thought I was losing my mind. We we get, like, some okay banter, and then... They have the world's shittiest gunfight. Sarge whiffs with the BFG, and he has no more ammo... And then John opens fire in return, and he misses all his shots, and now neither of them have ammo. Mm -hmm. So Sarge runs off, and John pursues him to a boss fight arena. Yes. Uh, And they have a fist fight. Uh, Yeah, it it starts out as, like, they're doing some cat and mouse stuff, each trying to get the jump on the other, but then they just start, like, punching uh, and, uh not oh, not before uh rock busts through a wall like the Kool-Aid man and says semper fi motherfucker. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, he hasn't been particularly always loyal, I'm just going to say. That does remind me. We for we just skimmed over it, but a canonical fact about this character, it is in his establishing shot is he has a big back tattoo that says semper fi on it. It's I mean, Whatever, he's a marine. Yeah, that's what troop. He is a troop. That's what troops do. I love. I love. Doom two thousand five, for all its faults, said, (laughs) "Under no circumstances do you have to respect the troops." Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, Anyway, and then we get we get a fist fight scene, and like, listen, I know I'm supposed to like, you know, uh, suspend my disbelief a little bit, but like, Carl Urban cannot fight Dwayne Johnson. Mm His power uh, level's I, I, too low. Well, remember, this is Super Carl Urban. He, he this a, is Super <laughs> The Rock. Right, but The Rock has the evil gene, so he's becoming a monster, which maybe puts him in it? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down some highlights of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all... There's only one. No, there's three. And it's... Uh, so, The Rock does an airplane spin, which is the goofiest move in the history of wrestling. Um... For those who do not know wrestling, that's when you put somebody, like, you hoist them over your back and you just sort of spin around for a little while. Um, there's a shot. It looks a little better from a camera view when, like, 30 feet back and, like, 15 feet up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, he I, I'm pretty sure he does the same move in the one episode of Voyager he's in. That would so not So they like me. that one. Uh, there's a shot where, like, Carl Urban has the rock in this weird hold against a railing, and the rock is, like, clearly supposed to be grimacing in pain, but just looks like he's suppressing oh, he's, a smile. He's got him against the middle rope. Uh, we do get the part that's actually cool, where the rock just bends a steel railing yes. into a makeshift gauntlet. That was that, good. That that's is pretty the good. one good part. Uh, and near the end, we see him morb out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's fully morbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he morbs off. He's barely morbed. He just yells and has, like, l- uh, like sharper teeth a okay, little bit. he's slightly morbed. He's 10% right. morbed. So... Uh, so yeah, John ends up defeating him. He reactivates the teleporter. He sends Sarge through the mercury bubble. Along legs with- first. Legs so me being a first. attentive movie viewer remembers the last time they showed us something happening with a teleporter in someone's legs. And I think, ah, this will be the way that they take down Sarge. But no, Sarge but no, they goes just... all the way through in one piece. And then John just sends a single active grenade after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it presumably kills him, and it destroys the teleporter on the other side, so the arc doesn't work anymore. Yay! Yeah. Yay! John and Samantha make it out alive. Movie over. We get the world's shittiest credit sequence. They... <laughs> and the movie just ends. The f- hey, yeah. No, the final fucking insult. This piece of shit, a hundred ten minute long garbage excuse for a horror movie. Worst excuse for an action movie. The final insult. The credit sequence is set to some bad new metal, and they don't even do like a riff on E1M1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Complete uh, layup. They don't even bother. The animation, well, like the the the, the opening, the credits animation is uh, the end credits for Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yep. Uh, like no part of this movie actually felt like it was paying that much homage homage i never get that word right to the first two games mm-hmm. aside from the bfg being there it's i'd like i would have i i would not uh i would have been shocked if i heard e1m1 just didn't seem like that kind of movie it, it just feels like they could have tried you know they should have anyway Give me something. Right. Anyway, I think this is the single worst movie we've watched on this podcast. So uh, that's saying you're welcome something. For, you're welcome. For it was inviting just you, really. Zach. It was just really boring. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me like a couple days ago that like oh this movie's uh uh a hundred and twenty minutes long and it extremely didn't need to be. Uh, and I didn't realize just how much that you were right until I was 40 minutes in. Mm-hmm. No, it's exact same moment for me. It's when they're in the sewers and it's like, oh God, why is it still so dark? Turn on a fucking light for God's sake. Uh, so, uh, with that, uh, let us take it to our ratings. So, uh... Uh, Zach, in case you're not aware, we rank these both as a movie and as an adaptation. Now, adaptation doesn't strictly mean adapting certain events beat by beat. It means... It's vibes. Yeah, it's vibes. It's maintaining the spirit of the source material. Mm-hmm. One out of five, one out of five. 
<laughs> Alright, uh... Yeah, like... It didn't feel like Doom... T- Doom is about demons. Mm-hmm. And hell and Satan. Yeah. Even even Doom 3 at least had the decency to, like, put together some knockoff H.R. Giger monsters. How... How'd we go through this whole movie? There's not a single pentagram on the ground anywhere. Uh, there, well, you know, the wall said suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why did the wall say suffer? I don't know. Who wrote that? I, I, you know what? Maxie, your yelling is showing up on my audacity. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, one out of five, one out of five. I, it it has nothing I like about Doom. It has nothing I like about horror or action. It's it's not a good movie. I I'm hard pressed to call it the worst movie, but it might be the worst movie. Uh, well, we have yet to see Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, so <laughs> you'll have to or a, or Assassin's Creed. Oh, if... yeah, is Assassin's Creed that bad? I thought that one was like one of the okay. I'm. I am under the impression that Assassin's Creed is kind of similar to this movie in that it's just fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and frankly, one of the worst crimes you can... Not only is it boring, it's two hours of boring, which is just... Oh, it's two hours? This movie is two hours long, more or less. I think it's a little oh, shy of that. Oh, God, I'm going to take an entire week to finish that one. Ugh. <sighs> Oh, oh no, I was talking about this movie. Oh, okay, okay, thank god. Yeah, yeah, like I said, this is, this is the worst, this might be the worst movie we've ever watched. Uh, uh, Zach, do you have any ratings? Uh, I don't think I have any different ones. Alright, yeah, yeah. This movie had so much movie, and still not enough. Mm. I... One thing I keep thinking of is just, I think this is also kind of wasted potential. Like, admittedly, like, I think of, like, my dream Doom movie, uh, and there's two possible options. Uh, what, both of them involve the Doom guy, uh, doing a lot more ass-kicking. Uh, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I genuinely do think you could make at least a decent action B-movie out of Doom. But, yeah. like, if nothing else, like, if you're not going to focus on just one or two guys, you can't focus on eight. Yeah. They spread themselves way too thin. Yes. They needed to make some serious cuts to make this even coherent, let alone good. Yes, like, I think a big part of the Doom games is the sense of overwhelming isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh e- like, you are the only person who isn't ever... You are the only human. Everyone is either trying to kill you, and maybe there's two people trying to manipulate you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, with our ratings done, I think, uh, I think... Let's do some questions. Uh, we've got two questions. Uh, one of them is on our Twitter... Uh, let me see. Yep, yep. One question on Twitter. Uh, one of them's on Discord. On Twitter, small funny hedgehog emoji at revenge hog, uh, asks, 
What's the best Doom fan wad, and why is it One Million Angry Boners? Also, one of my guilty pleasure movies is Hardcore Henry, because even though it's brainless, it is pretty cool how it's first person the whole way. Any other? So I I have actually seen Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. I was kind of gonna suggest we watch that for next month because, like, <laughs> it's not strictly speaking a video game ad. It's not strictly speaking a video game adaptation, but it does like go out of its way to like try and get the spirit and Mm. also it's like a competent film Mm -hmm. so like i could really i could really use one you know you know like i've always thought we should keep it to video game adaptations but i think we do deserve this uh it is a little treat for us hardcore henry very good movie uh the ideal doom movie is basically hardcore henry uh Mm -hmm. Also, I'm not finding any record of one million angry boners. I I think what they're talking about is like one one hundred thousand revenants or whatever it's called. Oh, okay, that makes sense. The revenant skeleton. The revenant mods. I've I've actually never played uh, the original Doom. I've never played any Doom. Huh? It's just I'm not really. You should play. I'm just not really an FPS kind of gal. Mm-hmm. The only FPSs I've ever liked are like multiplayer the team shooters. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've enjoyed TF2 and I've enjoyed Unreal Tournament 2004, and basically every other FPS I've tried, I've completely bounced off of. Hmm. Interesting. I'm I'm kind of an FPS guy. I love I love some FPSs. Uh, I mean, like, listen, Doom 2016 is like. One of the best FPSs out there, I think. Yes. Uh, Doom Eternal is less good, but I don't yeah. dislike Doom Eternal as much as some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Doom Eternal's fun to play, but I, I do not. I feel like it did some dumb stuff with the lore. It's it got too deep into it, the it, weeds, but it, there are it was really things. overwrought. Mm-hmm. It, here's the thing: at the end of the day. Doom Eternal had caco demons. Mm-hmm. It sure fucking did. Uh, Man, there's this not a single caco demon this in this movie. This movie did not have a caco demon. It didn't have a cyber demon. I feel like cyber demon is a layup. That's so easy to make it work, even in like a more grounded all zombies kind of setting. Yeah, that of all of the, of all of the Doom monsters to have in this movie i feel like the pinky is like the least grounded one you could have chose yeah except mm-hmm. for the cacodemon if you just had like meat wad mm-hmm. floating around somewhere um i will say uh, about doom wads uh i for many years i've been watching this very long very ongoing let's play of a whole bunch of doom games but like a whole Part of the, like, gimmick and why it's so, why it's so long and why there's so much of it is that the, the person doing it, it has dedicated themselves to, like, playing through, like, all of, like, the top Doom wads of every year. Uh, uh, so you get to see a lot of weird Doom mods and, like, people doing fun experimental stuff. There's, there's some wild shit out there. There's a Sonic the Hedgehog Kart racer that is a mod of a, it is basically a mod of a mod of a Doom port, and it's fucking wild, and I love it. Uh, my, I guess I'm gonna have to go with the classic, which is the Sky Maybe, 
which is like this weird British comedy thing where it's like, it's like, instead of like some like space base or hell, it's like this weird mock-up of the, of, uh, of the, at the time, what a Windows GUI would have looked at like at the time. It's like all, uh, bright solid colors and all of the guns do weird things and all of the monsters die in weird goofy ways. Uh, you pick up a gun and it plays The Gun Is Good from Zardoz. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, I, I suggest looking up The Sky May Be if you want to see this. It's fucking wild. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see. Oh, any other ways movies can take fun stuff from video games? Uh, yeah, first person cameras again. More, yeah, I was about to say more, uh, deliberate camera placements that evoke the camera placements in video games. Mm-hmm. I, I think... feel like you can have a little bit of fun with that, except for, like, like, uh, has the movie Serenity come up much on this show? Like the Firefly one? Oh, oh, Wait. you mean the other Serenity? Oh, I haven't watched that, but God, I... Oh, the fishing one. Yeah. I gotta fucking That movie's called Serenity, right? Yes. I think so, that sounds right. Yes, it's... I I know they they do some things in that game where it's like, you know, camera rotating around a character as if you were just, you know, holding the right stick and having the camera rotate around. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of camera movement, I think, is fun. I don't know if you can carry a whole movie with it, right. but uh, it might, I mean, it barely carried this one. Yeah. Uh, hmm, I I don't know why I can't think of anything immediately, but like, give me uh, HP bars at the ooh, top of the screen so I, I, I know how. Say, yeah, put in a HUD. More of these, more of these should have HUDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine Dirty Harry, but when he's like. Do you feel lucky, punk? It, it, there's just like a little you, counter. You ju- there's the an ammo counter. Zero out of six. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, uh, fucking... I'm just suddenly thinking of like, what if... What if in like, a movie based on like a role-playing game, there were just occasionally scenes where like, a character was about to do something, and then you see like, an overlay of dice rolling... I want that for the Disco Elysium adaptation. <laughs> oh, that would be good. I, I want there to be a montage of, like, Harry good, fucking up a red check, like, five times. And it just, you just keep seeing him get bad dice rolls. And then it's like Clue. he pulls it off. Yes! Mm-hmm. Where different theaters get different cuts. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Good. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, Hmm. I can't think of anything, but like, maybe like, never mind, never mind. I can't think of anything, but, uh, let's see. I think that covers- They should put chow raising in more movies. <laughs> Just a chow raise. That's what chow and- make chow and space real. Make it a so real movie. Specific- to make that work, you need to specifically have like, have a little side movie theater attached to the main <laughs> room. Yeah, whenever I get bored, I can just go to the Chow Theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, that would rule. I, I'm thinking, like... <laughs> like, at, at the end of, like, 
a big scene. Uh, suddenly, uh, the action scene ends, and then they spend, like, five minutes, like, ta- just petting animals. Uh, mm-hmm. and feeding them and stuff. Uh, that's what they're gonna do in the next John Wick movie. Okay, so imagine your favorite movie, mm-hmm. but there's just not enough of it. So what if you could pay five dollars, just a small transaction, and get an additional scene with all your favorite guys? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what uh, DVDs did? That is what DVDs did. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so uh, what if? Let's expand on that idea a little bit more. What if? Uh, you're done, you're done, just, what if you could, like, get just an entire, I don't know, slice of life anime, uh, play, like, right before you finish the movie, right before the climax, and it's free, uh, uh, I don't know, um. And you can pay five dollars to make the characters wear different outfits. Oh, yes, um, I, you can, like, when you, like, watch the... F- Maybe it's on streaming, and, like, when you, like... You can, like, download something on your, like, hard drive so that uh they're wearing, like... They're dressed... They're dressed like... Uh, they've got much cleaner faces, suddenly. Uh, oh, okay, okay, hear me out. We all love the Star Wars original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. What if you watched through it the first time... Then watch through it again, but Luke maintains, like, all his training. Oh. This time, at the end of episode five, he wins the fight against Vader. Yeah, yeah. Or... More movies should have achievements. Yeah. I should get 500 gamer score for watching this movie. I think you should. Um, I think... Oh. Alternatively, uh, you replay the... You... The movie... You finish the movie... You start the movie again, and this time, uh, every, everyone's got, like, bigger weapons, and you can, like, uh, you don't choose, this time it's, like, a drastic, like, reinterpretation of everything that happened the first time around. Uh, uh, this time, uh, I don't know, uh, this time John Wick is a teenage boy, uh, protecting his sister. Uh, but anyways. What if, what if anytime you play, anytime there was a fight scene, you could press a button and the characters would pause to, like, give you some lore on the person they're fighting? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, th- I thought you were about to say you press a button and you, uh, you see their move list. <laughs> that, that's Sarge. I used to respect him, but he's now just a hollow, mad shell of the man he once was. He's weak to bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, who isn't? Uh, whenever there's like a driving scene, you can change the music playing on the radio. Uh, in a movie. Uh, okay, I think we need, we need to finish this bit. Uh, I think we need to finish this bit. Uh, and read the other question we got. Uh, Kitty Cat Herder asks. Uh, the original concept and ideas for the original Doom were as an alien tie-in game. How do you, uh, how do you make a movie adaptation of a game tie-in for the movie, or, sorry, how do you think a movie adaptation of a game tie-in for the movie Alien would look like? It would look like this, but good. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I think it would look exactly like this. I don't think it would be any better. Tragic. Uh, they can make bad alien movies. Yeah. You know, you know what? The only difference would be instead of zombies, they would be bad xenomorphs. Yeah. I would rather look at a xenomorph than any of the monsters in this movie. This is true. Yeah, they're a lot more fuckable. Extremely. Uh, uh, that's our questions. Uh, oh, so, uh, uh, we, I think we've decided our movie for next month. It's Hardcore Henry. Uh, uh, let's, uh, take it to the close, I think. Uh, let's, uh, do some plugs. Um, I'm Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Bigger Challenge. You can find my YouTube channel, Big Challenges. I'm currently, uh, in the process of, of, uh, organizing a Left 4 Dead 2, uh, LP. I'm gonna, like, put on a bunch of mods and, like, we're gonna, after we do, like, the vanilla maps, we'll do a bunch of, like, weird fan maps. Uh, uh, you can find, uh, my, you can find my other podcasts. They include Pot of Greed. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we're on break right now. We finished season three of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Uh, in September, we're going to be watching the uh, fourth season of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, which was never dubbed. Uh, uh, you can listen to uh, the Sonic Shuffle, Sonic Lore podcast. It's I've been a little slow with the editing, but... Uh, We've had some fun discussions lately. Uh, I, I, at some point I will be uploading, we sometimes like do fan weeks where we talk about fan content. And one episode we recorded is about, we have one already up that we've recorded and another one that's been recorded but hasn't been uploaded, which is we talk about Hanging Out, the uh, webcomic by the Hydroxian. Uh, that one's pretty good. Uh, and you can listen to my Finnish podcast, Chill Bleed, about Ill Bleed, inactive podcast, Stranger's Fiction, it's an actual play, uh, and visit at Xbox underscore holiday to celebrate holidays with Xbox. Uh, uh, so... This episode comes out in August, and there's no fucking holidays in uh, August. Happy Obon, Xbox, I guess. Uh... So that's it. Hang for on, me. I gotta look that up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Happy Obon Xbox. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it for me, uh, Maxi. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Max Knightley and on Tumblr also at Max Knightley. Uh, and I'm I'm on co-host now. If you're on co-host, uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm also Max Knightley on that. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. I'm on a couple other podcasts as well. Uh, I am most prominently on Eidolon Playtest, where me and some friends play a tabletop RPG that has been designed to sort of emulate uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Persona. A lot of psychic fights, uh, learning about each other as people, having a great time. Uh, I hear that the composer for that is very sexy and very good at music. Um, we're getting close to season three. Uh, that's dropping 
see, we're recording in September, so the first episodes should drop this October. Uh, that's going to be a completely new storyline, completely new setting. Great place to jump on board if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the main thing I wanted to shout out. Uh, Zach, uh, is there anywhere we can find you? Uh, you can see me on Twitter at Bonetail underscore. I saddled with the underscore. It, it um, sucks because you had the underscore at your old username and you still got it now. And neither of the original ones without the underscore are in use. So it goes. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Maxie, did you mention Drain the Swamp? I, I oh, no, I, I was leaving that for you. Oh, okay. I mean, we haven't recorded an episode in like a month, but me and Maxie have a uh, rewatch podcast for MASH. Yep. Drain uh, the Swamp. The, the the 70s show about all your favorite army doctors and Frank Burns. Uh, and, and Henry Blake, let's be fair. I've uh I've listened to an episode of that. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's good to hear you. Uh we you can find that at uh draining hyphen the hyphen swamp dot pinecast dot co uh, we do intend to upload more eventually. It's just summer has kind of been kicking both of our asses. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunately the worst season. Uh, I'm glad people are coming around on this. I, I feel like for so long people were like, "No, summer's good." I mean, it's ultimately ultimately the diff- the reason is a lot of these people are no longer children uh, and no longer yeah. get summer break. Uh, so, uh, let me see. Okay, so, uh, you can find us at Twitter, uh, at VGTMTP. Uh, you can find, uh, our Discord. It's in the, uh, episode description. It's in the, uh, it's in the, uh, show notes. Or, sorry. Uh, it's on the Twitter. Uh, you can find, you can also find us on noisepace.xyz. Uh, noisepace.xyz is a podcast network run by one noted Canadian, Matt Gamecube. Uh, there's a lot of good shows on there. Uh, uh, you can, I, I'd like to recommend, uh, Zero to Zero. Very good podcast. It's, uh, ori- it's about superhero media or superhero movies. Originally it was about the show Who Wants to Be a Superhero, uh, but that was, but that was a long while back. Nowadays, they talk about uh, superhero movies, uh, but not the MCU. Very specifically, non-MCU superhero movies. Uh, uh, it's great. They have, they have a, the uh, chemistry on that show is incredible. Uh, very funny, very good. Uh, I want to shout out the. Uh, a recent episode I really loved where they talked about Watchmen, uh, and they got into a derail about beans, and then decided we should get it back on topic, and decided, no, let's talk about beans some more, and they continued to talk about beans. Uh, let's see, they, oh, the next movie they're covering is gonna be the Catwoman film. Fucking love that movie. Oh boy. Uh... Let's see, uh, you can, uh, so, I think that's everything. 
So, until next time, uh, I'm Dan. I'm Maxi. I'm here, too. Uh, and this ain't no game. <laughs> <laughs>